This is Rock and Roll English. Real people, real English. Here's your host, Martin Johnson. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Rock and Roll English. Episode number 86, I believe. But obviously I can't check that again because the website's not working. Because we all know now the website likes to take the weekend off. It's difficult working Monday to Friday, isn't it? Um, But I am trying to resolve that. So hopefully one day um, it will work at the weekend. Maybe I need to pay more money. I don't know. Anyway, um, in today's show, we have a bit of a different vibe. um, Because obviously my main goal is to help you speak and communicate better in English. So I thought, who can I get to give you some extra advice? So I've recently contacted a few experts, let's say, expert teachers, and asked for their advice. Because obviously people with lots of experience and knowledge can give you some of that, and hopefully it will help you in your goal to learn English. And I've even got some different accents for you. In today's show, I speak to um, Adriana from English with Adriana, and she is Australian, and hopefully on Wednesday, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, I will have another guest who is from America. Um, the shows have already been recorded. It just depends if I have time to do it. Because, you know, I've got shit to do. So when I say I've got shit to do there, I mean things to do. Um, but yeah, so hopefully I'll have one on Thursday. Today's one obviously is ready because you're listening to it. Um, so yeah, I speak to Adriana from English with Adriana. And she gives some excellent advice. And I mean excellent. It may seem very simple, but very useful. I will talk about it again at the end. But listen to try and understand what I'm talking about. We talk about mistakes that we both make in English. um, Even some stuff about my language learning experience with Italian. And lots more. Um, One last thing. The audio quality is probably a bit different to what you normally listen to on this show. But as I always say when that happens, this is a good test for you. Why? Because when you go, I don't know, to a bar in English with friends, there's lots of background noise you can't hear very well. Um, So it's a good test for your ear to get them used to listening. Notice there, get them used to listening um, to sort of background noise and training them, let's say. Anyway, here is the show. Happy listening. So, hello and welcome to Rock and Roll English, Adriana. Nice to have you. Thank you for having me, Martin. Uh, It's a pleasure. Thank you very much for accepting the invitation. Um, So, to give you a heads up about the show, which is some nice rock and roll vocabulary there, which means like a warning, um, we're going to talk about you, um, like your blog, your podcast, and then I thought you could share some expert knowledge with us, and then we can look at some differences between Australian English and British English. How does that sound? Sounds great. Okay, perfect. So let's talk about you. Um, you're from Australia, and you live in um, Zagreb in Croatia. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. Okay, well, tell us a little bit about that. How did that journey happen? Oh, it's, it's been a long journey. <laughs> yeah, well, long in distance as well. Yes, uh, Zagreb. For those of you who are maybe listening and who don't know where Zagreb, Croatia is, a lot of people I know ask me, where is Croatia, Adriana? It's close to Italy. So Martin is usually in Italy, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, that is correct. 
Yes. So we're next door neighbours, technically. <laughs> exactly. I can come round for some sugar. Oh, thank you. And do you have any coffee as well? <laughs> of course, of course. Well, um, my name is Adriana. I'm from Melbourne, Australia. I moved overseas about eight, nine years ago. Uh, I moved overseas. I am from Croatian background. But oh, okay. My parents, uh, my family, my friends are all in Australia. Uh. Uh, I was just young and dumb and why not? Pretty much I'd finished university and uh, after finishing uni, I could have gone into the corporate world, but I decided uh, I was still too young to get stuck in a nine to five job. Sure. And then I came here. I've been learning the language. I've been uh, integrating into society. So I do plan to stay here and I've been developing English with Adriana uh, on social media and English Adriana.com, my website, uh, mm -hmm. teaching English, but also just uh, a lot of the everyday struggles that I experience with the Croatian language. Sure. I help with my students to just use a language and do things and to have fun doing that. So, yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Um, so tell us more about um, your website. So it's obviously for people all around the world, not just in Croatia, isn't it? Yes. So a lot of people ask me, do I only work with Croatians? Actually, mm -hmm. uh, I work the least with Croatians. Oh, really? Yes. But uh, I work with all English uh, learners who would like to improve the level of English. Why? Because a lot of people would like to know about Australia, Canada, UK, different countries. But at the moment, you're from the UK, I'm from Australia. We can both speak English. We're both talking, have a sure. good conversation and communication is key. And Absolutely. Yeah. So how so when did you launch the website? I launched the website 2 years ago. Okay. Um well, I've I've had a quick look at it and it looks fantastic. So obviously all the listeners I will have a link to the website in the show notes so you can have a look at it. You can have a look at it there. Um so I thought you could share some of your expert knowledge of teaching English because how long have you been teaching English now? For about six years now. Six okay, years. fantastic. And obviously you have experience with teaching people all around the world. So like in your opinion, what are the main difficulties you see that people have with learning English? Well, for me, to begin with, whenever you're learning anything, be that English or a new skill, it's really important to understand why any new student that I begin teaching and we'd improve their English it's very important why you're learning English. Is it for a better job? Is it to pass IELTS? Is it to pass TOEFL? Mm -hmm. Is it to migrate abroad? Understanding why you're learning the English language and why you need to improve, it's easier to develop a learning plan. Mm -hmm. uh, if anybody's listening to this podcast, there are heaps of podcasts out there. Rock and Roll English is a great podcast. You have other great English podcasts out there, but you may be a little bit swamped and overwhelmed with all the materials. There's a lot of vocabulary, words, grammar being used. And, you know, some words you may use, Martin, I may mm. not use. Sure. And it doesn't mean that I speak wrong. Maybe you think that I speak wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not, that's not the case. I, I generally, I say it a lot, actually, how I often make mistakes. When I listen back to the podcast and I edit it, I realize how many mistakes I myself make in English. So, you know, everybody makes mistakes. And have you noticed that you make, uh, have you noticed while teaching English that you've maybe realized some grammatical mistakes that you've been making? In the 
<laughs> Absolutely. So many, especially at the beginning, because I don't know if it's the same in Australia, but in Britain, we're not really taught grammar or about the English language. So obviously just speak. And for example, I used to say things like, if I would have, in, instead of, for example, if I had things like this all of the time. Yes. And I think this is uh, understanding. So we're both, we've changed um, from our experience. So you're mm -hmm. teaching English. So you've changed your English to be more grammatically sure. correct. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> you have to adjust to your students and I'm doing the same as well. But understanding sure. why, we both understand why we're doing something and why we're changing. Mm -hmm. This is the same with learning a language. So one common mistake that a lot of students really make is not understanding really why they're learning English mm -hmm. without understanding knowing why you're learning English. It's hard to stay consistent. Sure. Uh, this is something that even I struggle with learning Croatian. You know, it can be frustrating learning a second language because you can hear people using slang, idioms, expressions, different Absolutely. tones, intonation, and it's just overwhelming. But if you understand why you're learning, which accent you need to learn, then you'll know which words to pay attention for, attention to, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but you'll know also, uh, okay, do I need to speak more formal, more informal? For example, when I moved to Croatia, one thing that I really identified in the beginning was I needed more professional Croatian for okay. business purposes. Then understanding this why, this enabled me to develop a clear learning plan. So listening to more maybe... Uh, Croatian in business situations, maybe surrounding myself, going to different communities, etc., doing this. One, this is the main big struggle that many English learners have and confidence. I don't know. Sure, no, absolutely. I think, yeah, that's the same for everyone. It was the same for me in Italian. That was my biggest like, barrier to beat, let's say. Yes. And how did you overcome this barrier? Well, it was a long process. Um, I can't really explain i suppose just constant practice and but there are still to be honest even now situations when if i'm not comfortable with the people i'm with etc and there's a big group i'm just a bit more shy to speak as i would be in english for example mm -hmm. i always tell my students that uh regardless what language you're speaking or what you're doing everybody gets shy and it's normal, but you can prepare yourself for different situations. A lot of my students say, I struggle to hold a conversation. Try to plan out those conversations before and never That's end a, a conversation idea. without asking a question. So mm -hmm. I always like to ask questions when I stop talking. Maybe I talk too much, probably, <laughs> yes. But it's a good way to get the conversation flowing and also, especially if you like confidence and you're an extroverted person, but you really want to speak, ask a question, people will answer you back. Also, sure. uh, learn grammar naturally. So there's lots of resources out there. We make mistakes. The best way to be learning vocabulary grammar is seeing it in context, immersion, surrounding yourself and using uh, your English. Sure, exactly. You actually mentioned a few things that I mentioned on a recent podcast when I was actually giving some tips about learning English. And I said, well, according to a study I read, the number one point was motivation and number two was exposure. So as you said, getting that exposure from different areas is very important. Uh, 
I would like to highlight anybody listening at the moment, if you're not living in an English speaking country, I know maybe somebody sitting out there and like, yeah, but Martin Adriana, like I need exposure and surround myself with the English language, but people are speaking Vietnamese, Russian, Chinese, whatever language it is, Portuguese mm -hmm. around me, how do I get that exposure? If you really understand why you're learning a language, you can expose yourself to the language in a non-English speaking country if you are motivated. But if sure. you're not, if you don't understand why, you're not going to be motivated and you're not going to want to create this environment. All sure. really starts with your mindset. You have the internet, you can find uh, English speaking partners, you can find online training programs, you can find online teachers. I've seen people in Croatia reach really high levels of English fluency without going to language schools all through immersion and through imitation. It is possible if anybody is listening and thinking they don't live in an English speaking country. <laughs> yeah, sure. Absolutely. Well, especially now, as you said, with the internet, etc. sort of 50 years ago, obviously it was much more difficult, but with now with all the technology and resources people have, as you said, it is absolutely possible. I have students that have never even been to an English speaking country on holiday for even a day who have also reached um, very high levels. So as you said, it is possible. Um, but what sort of day-to-day activities could you recommend for people to be doing to improve their English? Well, I'm a very active person. So mm -hmm. if you're an extroverted person, uh, I'm going to talk about different character types now. So mm -hmm. for me, uh, I like to listen to music, watch films, maybe go out and interact with people. Think about things that you like and make, this, make English a part of your everyday life, doing things that you love. So if you like music, listen to English music, do a little bit of dance, rock out, sing along, and it will help you with your fluency. This did wonders for my Croatian. And people are like, how do I know that slang word? I'm like, didn't you hear it in that song? <laughs> but this will help with also learning about culture because a lot of culture is also talked sure. about in songs. Uh, if you're also an extroverted person, go sign up for a gym. Uh, I don't know, do some charity work. Look at uh, some activities you can do offline to interact with people in the English language. This will enable you to think faster in English, get the communication that you need, and ultimately also improve your confidence. You'll be motivated because you want to do that activity. But also reading is a great skill. If you're oh, an introverted person, read as much as possible. All these tips uh, I suggest that you do to learn it all the elements of the English language. So grammar, vocabulary, idioms, sure. and it will improve your English. Yeah. Sure. And it comes back to what we said before about motivation. How you said, do what you like doing. So if you like reading, um, read more because you'll be motivated to read. If you like music, listen to music because you'll be motivated to listen to music. Um, but what's some bad advice that you hear given in the sort of English teaching world? Because obviously there's lots of people giving advice, but do you ever hear anyone give some advice and you think, hmm, I don't really agree with that? I don't know. It wouldn't, I don't like to say people have bad or good advice. Who am I mm -hmm. to judge? Everybody learns differently. Absolutely. So some things I hear and I'm like, I would never do that. For example, mm -hmm. some people like uh, learn all the grammar rules. Okay, maybe this is one part of bad advice. So maybe, maybe Martin, you're a little bit frustrated with me at the moment because I didn't give you a concrete answer. No, no not at all. <laughs> oh, anybody listening? No, no. 
really I've seen so many, most of my students are intermediate to advanced learners and they know all the grammar rules. They know, they probably know better than me or you listening at the moment, you probably know better than me what is an adverb, noun, adjective, all the grammar points. Sure. But when it comes to using it in everyday speech, you can't express yourself. You get stuck. So maybe if I did have to choose the worst piece of advice is uh, maybe teachers teaching all the structure and forms but not placing an emphasis on the use of grammar. But again, uh, that's, I don't teach like that. I teach very practical so that we can see vice versa. Okay, we have this grammar point, why it's used and how you can use it in the future. That would be my bad point of <laughs> teaching. Oh, interesting. Um, so you were saying then most of your learners are sort of intermediate, upper intermediate speakers. And obviously a lot of people that listen to the, this podcast, that's their sort of level. So what advice could you give for those people that are really trying to push on and move to the next level of like the advanced stage? One thing I've been suggesting, uh, recommending a lot, and I know that maybe, I know in Australia they don't recommend this. They say this is an old school learning uh, learning. I'm lost for words. It's an old way of learning, but basically okay. it's learning it's, technique, maybe a learning technique. Thank you. <laughs> <It's> okay. <laughs> but uh, I'm a big fan of dictation and just okay. uh, doing this repetitive stuff. Look, mm -hmm. if you're an advanced learner at the moment, uh, think of it like this. You're probably struggling with uh, maybe you've missed a few words that I've said. You've got every third word you you've mm -hmm. got you've understood every third word that i've said uh you're probably struggling with prepositions with articles uh mm -hmm. with the little finesses i like the polishing touch of the english mm -hmm. language now why do i say dictation if you can do dictation for five minutes a day don't be doing it for an hour a day five mm -hmm. minutes of effective dictation i think you'll uh I've seen this work wonders my students, just training their minds to think faster, to write. So if somebody's listening, if you're listening to somebody speak and you're writing down exactly what they're saying, you'll better understand articles, the use of articles, the use of prepositions, sure. improve your spelling and see grammar being used naturally. Sure. So how do you do dictations then? Do you play the recording at a normal speed or do you sort of dictate it as in say a few words the students write and then you continue and say the next few words this isn't natural uh, mm -hmm. like this and you can if you're beginning to do some sort of dictation exercises mm -hmm. i have audios in my training programs and i mm -hmm. recommend to my students to listen their natural conversations to listen to them and to compare with their transcripts so uh there's nice, different good. topics uh this way you're also seeing the new vocabulary that you're learning in mm -hmm. use and also spelling. A lot of advanced learners, even I struggle with spelling. Oh, my spelling is absolutely terrible, really. Yeah. This is why dictation is a good thing. And again, I do want to highlight not for an hour a day, even if it's sure. three to five minutes. I think that this is the best thing an intermediate to advanced learner can be doing. And my students have been... I'm really happy that my students have, uh, that it's been working well for them. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Um, actually, a few of the Rock and Roll English listeners started like a transcript writing club, let's say, uh, where they ask listeners to write the transcripts in five-minute slots. So each listener has five minutes of an episode to write. 
and then they, that person can do that and then the next person does the next five minutes so that's good advice these um this detailed listening yeah can be really useful can i just a virtual high five to everybody doing that <laughs> Okay, virtual high five received. I'm speaking for the listeners here, but I'm sure it was received. Fantastic. (laughs) Okay, so now I thought we could have some fun and look at um, some of the differences between Australian English and British English. But I would like to highlight, as you mentioned before, that, well, the first thing to say is we can understand each other perfectly. I have many people ask me, like, can you understand American people? Can you understand Australian people? Things like this. But well, I would like to think that you can understand me as well, Adriana. Is that right? Oh, so I'm joking. Of course I can. <laughs> <laughs> We've been doing fine up until now. Well, exactly. Yeah. So that's, that's the first thing to say. Um, but obviously there are some different words, but that's the same even in England, in different regions in England, there are different words. I'm sure it's the same um, in Australia as well. I know it's the same in Italy, in Italian, for example. Yes, it is. Yeah, exactly. So. Anyway, I thought we could have a look at some of these. Well, the first one to say is the word POM, because when I went to Australia, everyone was calling me a POM, which I believe is an English person. Is that right? Yes. Uh, Question. I have a question. Were you offended by this word? That was actually my next question to you. I didn't know. I don't know if it's an offensive word. So I was actually going to ask you if it's offensive. Well, you know, by nature, and I've only, in, to answer anybody listening, yes, Australians refer to uh, people from the UK as POMs. Mm-hmm. Why? Uh, I actually did a lesson on this. Uh, because people from the UK are relatively fair. Uh, mm-hmm. If somebody's fair, they're very light-skinned. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. as we know, so Australia is a British colony and mm-hmm. it was colonised back xyz years ago excuse my ignorance anybody listening but (laughs) basically uh when in australia it's very hot when the british settlement they got sunburned then they'd be very red and they look like pomegranate this is like a theory to where this word came from and that's why pomegranate short pom and this is where this word came from but Mm. there's also another one uh something from Something, it's an acronym for a royal person. Anyway, that's really, uh, I'll send you that before and you, <laughs> later on and you can fix me up on that one. Okay. It's, uh, I did some research. It's not uh, negative. It doesn't mm-hmm. have a negative connotation. But I've been thinking twice about this because I realized a lot of people from the UK, if I was talking to Aussies, I would say, oh, he's a pom. <laughs> but it seems that people from UK aren't offended by this, but no, I certainly wasn't. I, I didn't know if it was offensive, so no, I, I took it well. I said, "Okay, that's fine. They call us bombs. That's fine." Yes, uh, we we do. And this, I would never say someone from the UK or a British person. I don't know, pom. It's just so natural. <laughs> I apologise, but <laughs> no, no, <laughs> you're a pom no in my mind. <laughs> No need to apologize. No problem at all. Um, So I've just Googled some of these things because obviously I'm not Australian, so I don't know all of these terms. So I don't know if they're correct, but one of them, well, to say it's fine, people say it's Apple. Is that correct? It's Apple. Yeah, but Mm. I don't use this one. Oh, really? There's a lot of Aussie slang that I do and don't use. It's Apple. Of course, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's fine. It's Apple. Like, because an Apple's average and... Oh, right. Okay. So it's not fantastic and it's not terrible. It's just an Apple. It's average. Yeah. Is that right? 
Like you can find apples all year round, not like coconuts or and the seeds. So if something's fantastic, can I say, oh, well, it's coconut? <laughs> no. <laughs> I think we should maybe invent some new slang at the moment here because it seems like a good idea that I would say that it's coconut. It's got a good ring to it. Maybe, uh, look, uh, I'll pick up on your trend and I'll start saying it's coconut. Let's see okay, how that will go. <laughs> I'll start doing it as well. So everybody knows if it becomes successful, we started it here. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Can have another virtual high five there. <laughs> virtual high five. Sorry. <laughs> um, and the next one, well, I know this one. Um, is very common because I have my friend in Australia, well, I was going to say my friend in Australia. I have an Australian friend in Italy. Every time I see him, first thing he says to me is, how are you going? How are you going? Yep. I use this one as well. How are you going? Yeah. Because they would, is, is there even the R? Is it how are you going or how are you going? How are you going? You know, in Australia, how are you going? It's so long. And really, we just shorten everything like g'day g'day is like good day sure. who's got time to say good day g'day how are you going it's just, who's got time exactly. to say how are you going we've got busy lives yeah in fact now i think about it it's the same um in english i'm sure probably you say this as well when people say how are you doing they don't actually say how are you doing they just normally say how are you doing yep yes that's another example of us not speaking sort of grammatically correct english but it's how we speak and I know that I'm sorry if there's any grammar experts or any language freaks out there, but this is how people communicate and it's Sure, exactly. <laughs> um, so just one last point to finish on. This is sort of a difference in culture. I just wanted to ask you because obviously in Australia in the winter, well, I was going to say, sorry, in the winter, in December for us, the winter it's obviously very hot in December. So what is it like when you're a child and you're watching Christmas films of the snow and it's like, I don't know, 35 degrees outside? You know, for you, maybe from the UK or anybody listening uh, from a cold country or where it snows for Christmas, I don't know. For me, it's just normal. I don't really think twice about it. You, you have some Australian Christmas shows. Yeah, Australian oh, really? TV. So you do still have Christmas trees? Yeah, of course we. What? I don't, I don't know why I think that's strange. Actually, yeah, no, you're right. That's a ridiculous thing to say. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a little bit stranger for people to, abroad in the northern hemisphere to imagine yeah. a warm uh, Christmas. But for me, it's perfectly normal. We have snags on the Barbie. You know, snags. What are snags? Sausages. Uh, <laughs> there's another difference for you. Snags. I, I'd never heard that. Very nice. Yes. And for me, I like Christmas in summer. In Croatia here, it's always snowing or it's cold. But in Australia, we can, I'm from Melbourne, you can go see the Maya Christmas windows, go walking down the street. Uh, you don't have to wear a lot of clothes. It's hot. For me, it's normal. And it doesn't feel strange watching a Christmas winter movie. I don't know, mm. with snow or reindeers. Like they still have Santa Claus and reindeers in the shops. Uh, okay. Oh, very nice. And one actual word I forgot to mention when we were talking about the vocabulary is one word you actually mentioned earlier in the podcast is the word heaps. That's a very nice term. What does that mean when you say there? I think you used earlier, there are heaps of podcasts. Ah, uh, There's a lot, a lot. Yeah. 
that's so, a very yeah. Australian term, I, I believe. I've certainly never said it in Britain. I don't, I don't think Americans say it. I don't know. Ah, interesting. I've never actually thought about that. Yeah, but oh, there's heaps of that stuff out there. Or there's, <laughs> I use that one a lot. Yeah, no, I think that is very Australian. It's a very nice term, though. Um, anyway, well, thanks a lot for your time. Tell us again, where can people find out more about you and all the things that you do? Thank you for having me. If you'd like to connect with me, head over to my website, www.englishteacheradriana.com. Okay, fantastic. Thanks very much. But I'll, as I said, I'll have um, links to this on the show notes. Um, well, thanks again, Adriana, and hopefully we will hear from you soon. Thanks for having me. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Okay, so that was me speaking to Adriana from English with Adriana. Um, there was some rock and roll vocabulary, not much, but there was when I said at the beginning to give you a heads up about the show, which is like a warning, let's say. One thing I didn't mention, which Adriana said, which I thought was very nice, um, she said about when she moved to Croatia and she said, I was young and dumb. Um, dumb obviously means stupid, but this um, phrase is quite a common phrase. I was young and dumb. Um, she also used some rock and roll Australian vocabulary, um, which was like heaps, which means a lot of something. Snags, which I didn't even know, which apparently means sausages, had palms for English people and then some other stupid stuff. But those were the main ones. Um, so about the advice she gave she obviously spoke about thinking about why you're learning English. As I mentioned in a recent podcast, this is the most important thing because it's your motivation. Without that, you have nothing. So always think about that. And the thing I liked the most was to try and plan the conversations that you're going to have. And even better was to always ask a question. That's such a simple thing, um, but actually really, really useful it helps you integrate with people it shows that you are willing to talk so I really like that um, and she also said not to get bogged down with grammar if you get bogged down with grammar that's like you concentrate it you concentrate on it too much so don't do that try to learn chunks of language things like phrases together instead of um, just grammar rules and things like this um, anyway, she has some nice free content on her website and also some very good paid content, all very useful. So if you go to englishteacheradriana.com, you will find it all there. I will also have um, links to this on the website. Um, so as I said, hopefully on Thursday, there will be another show with another expert guest. Let's call this Expert Week, shall we? Um, anyway, I hope you enjoyed the show. Thanks for listening and just keep on rocking, people. Thanks so much for listening to Rock and Roll English. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit rockandrollenglish.com and facebook.com slash rockandrollenglish. We'll catch you next time.